You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. But you know what's easy? bundling policies with geico geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy it's a good thing too because you already have so much to do around the house go to geico.com get a quote and see how much you could save it's geico easy visit geico.com today that's geico.com and we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast oh hey real quick i wanted to tell you what matthew in pennsylvania wrote I had a great experience at SaveWithConrad.com. I worked with Derek and he quickly answered any questions I had. Being able to text him directly made things so much easier than having to wait on phone calls or schedule meetings at the bank. Being able to do everything from home was extremely convenient. I was in a tough spot with the pandemic going on, but it looks like everything is going to work out for me just in time. I would definitely recommend Conrad and his team to anyone looking for mortgage help. How can we help you? You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. But you do need 10 minutes at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. We're licensed in more than 40 states, and you even get to skip your next two house payments at SaveWithConrad.com. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you know how much Arn loves his family, specifically how much he loves his wife. Arn is really a rare bird in professional wrestling when you think about it. And the first time I hung out with Arn, he said, you know, I'm different. And I thought, well, where's this going? And he said for over 30 years, same business, same house, same wife. That's pretty rare, man. It's almost fair to say that Arn's in the love business. I don't tell him I said that. And you know what? We love talking about our friend, Steven singer, you know, the competition really hates him. He makes the experience of buying a diamond better and better, and he makes it fun. Steven is the very first to offer each and every guest the perfect price. That's right. Have you ever wondered if you're getting the best price? Are you uncomfortable negotiating? Head to Steven Singer Jewelers, and you're guaranteed to get the perfect price. You'll never pay more than the person next to you. And here's a little insider tip. Most jewelers mark their merchandise way up just to mark it down to make you feel like you're getting a deal. Yeah. Those jewelers are practicing kayfabe. The person next to you may be paying less. Do you want an important purchase like diamond jewelry to be based on your negotiating skills? Come on, man. That's not the case at Steven Singer because at Steven Singer Jewelers, you're guaranteed to get the perfect price all day, every day, 365 days a year. And that's why we trust Steven Singer. He makes the experience of buying a diamond so easy. So check out Steven Singer Jewelers at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philadelphia or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Remember back in the day they used to say diamonds are forever? Well, let's adjust that. IHateStevenSinger.com is forever. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast.
say, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn. And, of course, we couldn't do it without the founder of the Horseman, the creator of the Spinebuster, the Hall of Famer himself, Double A, Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? Man, I'm enjoying this new format, and I'm enjoying the fact that so many of our of our listeners are, are enjoying it, too. Thank you for all the kind words. There's, you know, from the beginning to where we are right now, I, I think, my story has resonated with a lot of people who have similar stories growing up. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's fascinating how many people in different walks of life, you know, how they get to where they end up. Yeah. And I think, I think it's a, it's a fascinating story in a lot of cases. Mine's just one of them. Of course, last week we did a Q and a on mostly the territory days, but today we're picking up where we left off. Arn Anderson has been born and, uh, Marty Lundy is no more. And now he's no longer a singles wrestler. He's a tag wrestler and he doesn't work for Bill Watts. He's now part of Georgia championship wrestling. Let's sort of add some context to this. Arn, you grew up as a young wrestling fan, watching wrestling on TV in Rome, Georgia. Is it fair to say that what you spent most of your time watching was Georgia championship wrestling? Absolutely. Absolutely was. Um, when I was younger, there was a, a wrestling show that I think would have been Nick Goulas' show. Uh, I think it was out of Chattanooga. Uh, and I caught some of that, but mostly the one that had the influence on me was Georgia championship wrestling. That's for sure. And Georgia championship wrestling is obviously going to mean that you can come closer to home being a Rome, Georgia boy. So we, we left off with, Hey, Pee Wee's going to take my room with Tim Horner. And now I got to move. Where'd you move to? Here's what was the other part of this. That was so cool. Now I was going to be based in Atlanta, but my granny still had her house and was still living in Rome. Just outside so, of Atlanta. Yeah. 80 miles. Yeah. North Northwest. So I could move back home. I didn't have to rent an apartment. Talking about from living to week to week for Bill Watts. Now I was in a different position. I was in Anderson and I was operating out of my grandmother's home, which meant I could take all that money that I would have been paying for rent and just take care of her with it, which really was cool. That is cool. So is grandma excited that you're coming home? Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah, it was, it, it was really cool. Now, man, I was going to have to travel by myself because in very few cases, could I hook up with anybody coming out of Rome? Uh, you know, but the trips were so easy. It was like out of Atlanta, you know, it was Macon, it was, uh, Gainesville. It was Columbus. It was Rome. It was Chattanooga. It was Knoxville. These were all towns, Athens, there were just a simple 80, 100, 150 mile ride from Atlanta, piece of cake, the other end of the spectrum for where I was. And I could make them out of Rome easy. So you show up to your first, uh, you told us the story two weeks ago, you show up to your first TV and you see Oli and he's like, oh damn, they were right. You do look like me. Mm, your name is Arn Anderson and ta-da, you're Arn Anderson. What did, um, what was your relationship like with Matt Bourne before you guys moved to Georgia? Uh, before it was fine. Now I came to find out as time went on, Matt, I think had, uh, 
had some animosity about me getting that spot because think about this for a second. In the blink of an eye, I went from being first match, yeah. Marty Lundy. Yeah. Now I was a partner with Matt Bourne and Paul Ellering. I was an Anderson. And for those guys that weren't in that meeting or weren't privy that were working there, they didn't know the difference. They thought I was a cousin to Ole Anderson, which meant he was the booker and part owner. So now you're in a, a little bit of a much better spot, like that's Ole's cousin. But it was a heat spot, too, because, oh, he's giving his, his cousin a push. Right. Which I really wasn't his cousin. At he all. just made me his cousin. Yeah. No relation. So there was so many dynamics going around and, and Matt, as, as time went by, I could figure out that he just didn't think I'd earned that spot. And it was, it was a hell of a spot to be in because they were getting us ready for their new tag titles, which would have been their world tag titles, but it was called the national tag tag titles, which they were getting ready to have a tournament for and crown new champions. And that was the goal for Matt. Paul and I, you know, we're going to start talking about Ole Anderson a lot here on Arn's podcast. And here's a little, did you know, did you know that Arn used to refer to Ole as rock on camera? How about that? No, not like Don Morocco and not like Dwayne Johnson, but like RockAuto.com. And I've been talking about these guys for a while and it's because I really believe in it. It blew my mind to learn that if you go to a big box store, they have two different price tiers. You know who I'm talking about? Some of those places that we all have to go to get oil or windshield wiper blades or whatever. So when you go in there, if you're a mechanic, you get a good price. And if you're just me or you, well, they rake you over the coals. What's up with that? Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, hundred percent more for the exact same parts? It's just silly. Chain stores have these different price tiers and it's motivated me to stop all that. So we partnered with RockAuto.com. by the way. RockAuto.com doesn't do any of that. Their prices are the same for everybody, and oh yeah, reliably low. In fact, RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible. How about that? They're not out here popping up these stores and ripping people off. They're hooking everybody up, just like me and you. By the way, I believe in RockAuto.com because, like my business, they're a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So you can go to rockauto.com and you can shop for all of your auto and body parts and you can choose from hundreds of manufacturers. They've literally got everything. Don't take my word for it. Go to rockauto.com, type in your make and model, boom. You're going to see what all they've got for your car specifically. And they got everything, dude. I'm talking about uh, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, hell, new carpet. Whether it's your classic car, like we've told the story here before, I got my dad an old classic Corvette. We lived on rockauto.com until we got that thing dialed in. Or maybe it's for your daily driver. And Lord knows I've used that a lot this year. Uh, Everything you need is at rockauto.com, and it's in a few easy clicks. And by the way, it's delivered directly to your door. I also want to mention rockauto.com's catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. I even got my dad doing it. And let me tell you, if my dad can do it, your dad can too. Tell him to go check it out. He's going to see the same price that you get, whether you're a professional mechanic or not. No price tiers at rockauto.com. Why spend twice as much for the same stuff? Silly. What you'll find there, an amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts you'll ever need is rockauto.com. Now do me a favor. Go to rockauto.com right now. Check out all the stuff available for your car. 
all the parts available for your car or your truck, and then write Arn when you see that old How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. One more time, just go to rockauto.com, look and see what they got for your car or truck. When you find what you're looking for, you'll see a little box there when you're checking out that says How Did You Hear About Us. Just write in A-R-N. That way they know we sent you. And uh, when you save some money, hit everybody with that old toot toot. Let's get back to the show. So Matt Bourne is um, a few years older than you. I mean, he had been wrestling probably three years longer than you. Probably more than that. I think he had more experience than that, but I I may not be. I think he started in late 78. You started in early 82. So we'll round up, split the difference, whatever. Yeah. Three and a half, four years. And in those days, that's 300 plus days a year, Conrad. So that's a lot of, that's 1200 matches minimum. Yeah. More experience than me. Uh, Paul Ellering, uh, of course, most of the folks listening to this know him as the manager of the road warriors, but he was a wrestler as well. Uh, chat us up on, on what precious Paul Ellering had a reputation for, if you will. And a power lifter, yeah. which a lot of guys didn't know. He had a hell of a body when I first met him, but he, he covered it up with that tuxedo that he wore. Um, but he was strong. I mean, he, he totaled a huge, I don't remember the amount, but in some power meets, he totaled up there close to, I want to say 1900 pounds, something at a power meet. So he was super strong and could really talk his ass off and had that precious Paul Ellering gimmick down the wall street journal, the tapping, the whole gimmick. It could really talk. And sometime in 82 is when he's working for Watts and he injures his knee. And that sort of at least slows down, if not brings it to a complete stop, his in-ring wrestling career. Right. Yeah. I would think he would, he was destined to be a wrestler and that turned him into a manager out of necessity. Cause he was so good on the microphone. He was way, way ahead of a lot of guys in that era. Yeah. I think, and, uh, I think Oli is the guy who, uh, who made him a manager. And of course, Oli's going to help create the road warriors. Nobody really ever talks about that. So Oli had his fingers in a lot of pies here in professional wrestling in the early eighties. Yeah. And we need, we're going to talk to that whenever you feel like getting there, but it was, you know, I'm a huge fan of what ifs and I got a hell of a what if. Well, let's hear it now. Well, so we're going to skip over a lot of stuff, which we'll come back to as far as the territorial stuff and working there and all that. But, uh, uh, Matt got in some trouble one week before they were going to crown us their tag champions and only fired him. Well, when he fired him, only, got tunnel vision and other than getting another partner for me and us carrying on, uh, he said, I, I, you know, I don't really know what I'm going to do with you. Um, I had you and Matt of mine for that spot. You know, we'll see. I may have to turn your baby face or something else. That's when Ole went to Minnesota and went to the gym and found the road warriors. Had Matt Bourne not gotten fired, that trip would have not taken place. Not to say down the road, 
that the road warriors might've became the road warriors, but they wouldn't have at that moment in time. That's pretty heavy, isn't it? Huge. That's a, what if If Matt would have just kept his nose clean for one more week, everything could have changed. You might've, there might've never been the road warriors. That's pretty stout, especially considering what their legacy is going to become. I mean, my God, you know, tag team of the, uh, of the forever of millennium. Yeah. I mean, it was, you want to talk about all time, great gimmicks. And I know people talk about the undertaker and Lord knows you and I are never going to argue with that, but the road warriors have got to be right up there. I mean, unbelievable what they brought to a card, to a crowd, to an arena. When the, when Iron Man hit and those guys come out with the face paint and the spikes, uh, it was a, it was a concert. Yeah, it was, we give you chills being in the ring and watching them come down that aisle. It was, it was horrifying, so but it was, it was exciting too. And Oli is, is the guy who really deserves the credit for all that. And we're going to talk about Oli a lot. I feel like Oli, you know, since we're doing sidebars, I feel like Oli is sort of painted with a negative brush more often than not. And don't get me wrong. He's brought a lot of that on himself. He's just, as my grandfather would say, an old cuss. And I love that about him. I think it's fun. I get a kick out of it. It's sort of old South, but it does probably rub some people the wrong way and alienate some people, but it doesn't discount. The dude was a wrestling genius who made a lot of money and helped a lot of people. Fair to say. Yeah, him and Gene, people forget how over him and Gene were. Yeah. They were the premier heel team in the business for a long time. And uh, it was based on credibility and, and making it real. And Ole could talk with the best of them. And, uh, you know, he was he was frightening. I, he was one of those guys when I was a kid that scared me to death. Uh, and But he was. he was. He came from an era where, you had a small territory or I won't say small territory, but you had a territory and he had the power of that cable television show to drive it. And he created a lot of stars. Guys would come from all over the country to get a spot, to get a win on that TV, because when they went back to their territory, they were a bigger star. Hey, I saw you on Atlanta. It was called Atlanta TV back then. That's how the boys, you know, referred to it. But, uh, Ole was very, very smart. Jim Barnett was a very smart man. They were in business together. And uh, Ole had the cream of the crop that he could choose from a lot of incredible talent. When I got there, now you're talking, you've got, you've got Buzz Sawyer, you've got Tommy Rich, you've got Paul Orndorff, uh, you know, the guys that pass through there, the mass superstar pass through there, wrestling too all these guys that were, were coming through there because they knew if you got a good run on that TV, man, everybody in, in the country knew you. I'm not going very far. I'm in a rush. It's too uncomfortable. Sometimes I just forget. Don't kid yourself. There's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. If you've used any of these excuses or any others, you're putting yourself at risk of injury or death. In 2019, nearly 10,000 people were unbuckled when they were killed in crashes. That's 43% of people killed in motor vehicle crashes that were not wearing seatbelts. No matter what kind of vehicle you drive, wearing your seatbelt is the best defense in a crash. 
even when you sit in the back seat, you still need to buckle up. That goes for when you ride in taxis or use ride sharing services too. Law enforcement are on the lookout and riding tickets. So why take the risk? Seatbelts save lives. So do the smart thing and buckle up every trip day or night, click it or ticket paid for by NHTSA. So, you know, Georgia as a territory, as we mentioned earlier, it's a place you sort of grew up on. You're watching the TV. It's, it's a big network. It's a big opportunity. It's big exposure. The first time I can see based on the records I see over cage match is April 3rd, 1983. And it's at the Omni. Did you start at the Omni? Is that your first shot with Georgia? Is that your first time meeting face to face with Ole? And that's when you become Arn and all that. No, I think it was TV. We went down to do Atlanta TV. Uh, first time I broke out the fedora, which has survived the, uh, test of time as far as being hated, I think. Uh, no, we went down and we did TV and I think we left for a, now every other t- week, t- time out Arn, you're going kind of fast. Tell everybody listening. When you say went down and did TV, where is it? Atlanta in the studio, the old studio TV, the stuff that everybody grew up watching on WTBS. It's yes. the same studio, maybe a different look for Jim Crockett promotions that people are familiar with later, but it's studio wrestling in the same spot. Was that, what was the street that was on? I forget. Uh, Techwood. There you go. Tech, Techwood. Yeah. And it was the exact same studio. Yes. Took a, had a little configuration. Might've held a hundred people. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, also filmed on Saturday morning, just like it was in the Crockett era filmed on Saturday morning. Yes, sir. Uh, so we met. Uh, we had, uh, you named our opponents, Brian Blair and Tito Santana. Was That's that right? right. Yes, sir. That's two pretty stout opponents to get a win. Now I went from Marty and Lundy losing every week, losing every night to being this guy that was part of a team that beat those two guys. That's a pretty good launching pad. Yeah. And, uh, we left after that and went to the airport and flew to probably Columbus, Ohio. I, I have here that you went to Virginia, um, Huntington, West Virginia, the next okay. day. So l- right. let's, let's talk about the Omni though, because I'm curious, you show up to TV, you meet Ole. Are you introduced to anybody else at TV that day in Georgia? Like I, I introduced myself to a few people, whoever it would have been, whoever I ran across you, that's what you did in those days. You shook their hand. If you'd never met them and introduced yourself. We, we, as wrestling fans have heard about, you know, dusty having a desk at Jim Crockett promotions. And we know about, you know, Titan towers and Vince McMahon spread there. And we've also heard that, you know, on a TV day, quote unquote, Vince or Bischoff or whoever would set themselves up a little office inside the building. Uh, what was where did you meet Oli? Are you guys just sitting in the dressing room talking? Or are you tucked away in a broom closet? My understanding is uh, over on Techwood drive, you're really attached to some offices. Did y'all duck in a cubicle to talk or just set the scene, paint the picture for us. Well, no, Oli had a, he had a little office, but it was, it was when you walked in, it wasn't a locker room. It yeah. wasn't anything like that. It was a bunch of desks set up for business. Yeah. And you would just grab one of those chairs that, someone used for their office work during the week and 
open your bag up. And that's where, you know, guys were scattered all over the place, but only had one little office where you could shut the door and have a private conversation. And that's where we met. And you would go in, there would be TV sheets and the referees would go around and let guys know, Hey, you're, you're on third. You got X amount of minutes. Here's your opponent. And they did a lot of the organizing, you know, as far as that goes, carrying the word. And if you had a question, you would go knock on Oli's door and you go in and that's who you talk to. So when you show up and, and he names you Arn Anderson, um, do you have a time? Did you travel to town to TV with Matt Bourne? Did y'all meet each other when you got there? How does that happen? Yeah, we, we met, uh, like I said, I came out of Rome. Matt had went in a couple of days and got a, uh, apartment, which was furnished, over by the airport where the wrestlers had stayed for years is called the Falcons rest. It was like a efficiency apartment and that's where the, all the wrestlers lived. So you can imagine the parties that went on Yeah, at that place, nice pool area, you know, furnished all that shit, one-stop shopping. So he comes into town, he gets set up, you meet him at the building. Uh, you, you get the vibe that maybe he's not tickled with this. He's your senior. He's been on the A side more than you have. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. He he, had, he, he didn't have that attitude yet. We were good for a little while. So there was a few weeks what kept passed before we had any inkling of that. So we don't know, you know, I don't know. Cause I, I wasn't watching wrestling then. So, uh, I, I don't know, but. I feel like a lot of times when a guys, guys in this era become tag teams, sometimes it's just two dudes and they're a tag team. Sometimes they want to look and present themselves as tag teams. Do you both commit to the deal and say, we're both wearing fedoras or we're going to wear this color tights, or here's our tag team, you know, our double team maneuver. Here's our finisher. Do you have things like that where you say, okay, we know we're a team, but what makes us a team? Does that type of conversation exist? Not really. Matt showed up with blonde hair. Yeah. It was black. He wanted a fresh new look. It was that. And I thought, well, this, this hat is really a heat seeker. So I think I'll wear that. And they, him and Paul kind of looked at it. Paul went, Hey, I like it. And I think Paul actually even wore a similar one for a short time. Matt had the blonde hair. We didn't have matching gear. That just didn't, that, that felt like a baby face deal. Yeah. Young baby face dress, dress yeah. same way and all that stuff. Uh, so, I mean, everything went smooth and, you know, we, we landed, we flew to Columbus. We got to rent a car, which the auto, the office provided, we would usually fly in and out of Columbus. They had a deal because you could pick up the rent a car last day of the loop. No matter where you finished up, you drive back to Columbus. You had no drop charges. You're saving money for the company. Obviously that's the way he had it. They paid for the rental cars and, uh, you made the loop up through. And at that particular time, Ohio, uh, Michigan, West Virginia, it was on fire. They were doing a tremendous business. I'm gonna have to rein your ass in eventually here. About. I feel like we're, we're, we're running wide open. Tell me what it is when you go to the Omni, your first match and you win, this is the, this is the, I think you've referred to it before on our show as the Madison square garden of the South. This is where every super show was and you're here. 
beaten Tito and beaten Brian Blair with a new name. What the hell? The little kid in you had to feel like, is this real life? How f- do you have a date when that happened? Yeah. Uh, according to cage <laughs> match, that that's your first shot for Georgia championship wrestling. It's April 3rd, 1983. Because I am almost positive. And if I'm totally wrong, then we did TV and then we had the Omni the next day. No, here's the thing. I don't know that all the TVs are on there. Uh, but I do know that, uh, you did TV on April the 9th and you and Matt teamed up to beat Mike Starbuck and Tony Zane. Okay. We would have, we would have had to have had at least a TV or two under our belt before we did the Omni. Okay. No one, no one would have known who we were irregardless of what the positioning was my first time in the Omni as a wrestler. Yeah. I had been there a couple of times as a fan. It was the Holy grail. You feel like you made it like, this is it, man. I damn sure did when the match was over and we were able to have a very good match and I followed Matt's lead and those guys lead and they were, I mean, those guys are credible, you know, Brian Blair and Tito. Oh my God. What two great baby faces. And, you know, you had Paul out there running interference when that match was over and we got back through the curtain for the first time, I actually said to myself, you know what? You belong. You're going to be able to do this. It was my knees were weak. Sure. It was, it, it was, that was the joy. That was my Madison square garden. And that never changed for me. It was just, it was dark. The people were loud. They were full. It was a full crowd. I don't know if, if it was sold out or not, but they were in the upper deck and loud. And it was, you know, something about the arena being loud. People in the audience are not concerned with raising hell and people looking at them because you can't see them. Right. So they're that much louder because they're undetectable and it just made for a credible, credible atmosphere. This episode is sponsored by blue chew guys. It's been a hell of a year. Now, personally, I feel like I've aged 12 years over the last 12 months. And if you're like me, you're feeling your age more than you used to, maybe especially in the bedroom. It's time to snap out of it. Spring is here and it's time to get sprung with blue chew. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder and stronger erections to combat all forms of ED. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. Bluechew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problems here. Bluechew's sildenafil and tadalafil tablets are chewable. Bluechew's tablets are made in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, 
visit bluechew.com for more details and safety information. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ARN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. Our promo code is ARN to receive your first month free. We thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. A few days later, you find yourself uh, in a match with Brett Wayne and Joe Lightfoot at the Memorial Fieldhouse in Huntington, West Virginia. I, I have to be honest. I don't know anything about Brett Wayne or Joe Lightfoot. You got anything you can share with us? Yeah. Well, you know who Brett Wayne is? I don't. It's Brett Sawyer's, Buzz Sawyer's brother. Okay. No, I didn't know that. That's badass. He pull up a picture of him. He looks just like Buzz in the face. How about that? He, uh, good worker, but a baby face, straight baby face. Uh, Joe, Joe Lightfoot. Lightfoot, Chief Joe Lightfoot. Same thing. Very good baby face, smaller guy, uh, a smaller chief J strongbow, similar style headdress. He wore to the ring, you know, just good worker. Uh, both of them, very solid workers. The, uh, the very next day, uh, you find yourself in, uh, Hera arena in Dayton, Ohio, a legendary wrestling building, especially if you're an ECW fan, you guys are picking up a win over Brian Blair and Joe Lightfoot. Does anything stand out about the Hera arena to you that recently burned down and, uh, or maybe a tornado got it. I don't know. Hera arena is no longer there. Uh, and, and, and a lot of us who remember watching pay-per-views and big shows there, even if they were on TV, uh, were like, oh, damn, one of the old stomping grounds is gone. Do you remember Hera? It was one of the frequent, it was a, a frequently used arena. I mean, you would, you would see all the time advertisements, Hera arena, big cards. Yeah. The acoustics were incredible. It was one of those towns that was just a really good wrestling town. And it, the, it was loud because of the layout of the building. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a regular stop as far as wrestling went, uh, the next day or your next event. Yeah, it is the next day, April 9th. You're back on TV. This is the one we were talking about earlier. Uh, the, uh, the TBS studios or the WTCG studios. In fact, uh, Mike Starbuck and Tony Zane. What can you tell us about Mike Starbuck? I don't know, but Tony Zane broke in with me. Yeah. He's one of your buddies from uh, Rome, Georgia, right? He's one of the guys that originally Ted trained and, uh, now he didn't get, uh, he didn't get hired anywhere right away. So I had my run through the first time through Pensacola. Then I went through the Watts deal and now I'm back in Georgia, but in a totally different position, he's kind of in the position that we started at as far as just doing jobs on TV and wrestling in a Boaz or Albert Bell on, on the weekends. So that was kind of deja vu-ish. Mike Starbuck, I don't recall too much. Let's uh, let's talk about the, the, the studio here. I think some of our listeners probably heard me say WTCG, and they're thinking, wait a minute. I thought that was TBS. Locally, TBS was known as WTCG. And then eventually when it gets pushed out over the satellite to all the cable and satellite subscribers, it's known as the Superstation, and a few years later it becomes branded as WTBS. But WTCG is sort of the uh the embryo from which WTBS was born. 
the, the next time we see you wrestle is later that night. As we mentioned, this was a morning taping. So after you finished doing TV here, y'all jump to Cincinnati, Ohio. That's probably your, your plane trip. And you're going to beat, uh, Brett Wayne and Joe Lightfoot. Uh, the next day you're in Wheeling, West Virginia, again, picking up a win over Wayne and Lightfoot. The following day, you're back down to Augusta, Georgia, this time with Brett Wayne and Brian Blair. You would have a, another match with them five days later in Chattanooga. Uh, and then you're back in the Omni and you're picking up a win again, this time against Joe Lightfoot and Ray Candy. Ray Candy is a name that I'm super familiar with. We've all heard this name, uh, Black Stud Williams, Commando Ray, uh, the mass Superfly. But I remember him as Ray Candy and I haven't seen a ton of his stuff, but Tell us about Kareem Muhammad, the guy we know is Ray Candy. Well, he was huge. I mean, the guy was, God, he had to be 6'8", 350. Yeah, he's a big fella. And, uh, you know, he could move, too, for a pretty big guy. And I'm sure if I was a betting man, Matt, and I took an opportunity to make what we're looking at real, and I'm sure he bounced us around all over the place. Uh, and I'm sure in that particular situation, Joe Lightfoot was put in the, the uh, auspicious position of selling and probably dropping the fall. Uh, just going back, if I was going to lay it out today, that's the way it would have went down. And uh, I just remember Ray Candy being a very easy guy to do business with, but a very solid guy, big guy. And, uh, that would have been a big win for us. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, Ray candy. Uh, we're running through a lot of different names here as we go through the territory days. And I get that. Uh, I mean, I wasn't even young enough to see Ray candy wrestle, but I've seen old clips and stuff, but Ray Candy's a guy who, as far as I know, helped sort of break in new Jack who were recently lost and, uh, even Kane, the mayor, right? I mean, these guys, very seldom do we run across a name where there's not a tie to another name. That's what's so fun about wrestling to me is this became that. Does that make sense? Sure. I didn't know that he had a hand in the cane. Yeah. Training. Uh, was this before or after Malenko? You know, I'm not sure. I just know that Ray passed away way too young. I think he was like 41 or 42 or something. Uh, but still his, uh, his brief period of time in professional wrestling still has a little bit of a legacy running around out there. Sure. Sure. And, and we're all connected Yeah, in one way or the other, you know, even if it just means I worked with that guy in my first territory or, or that guy was a referee in the, in the first town I ever worked or this guy, you know, it's like Kamala was my first house match for Bill Watts. You know, it's one of those things you never forget. It has, it has value. And it's one of the memories that you never forget because there are a lot of firsts in this business and, and a lot of times those are special. Sometimes you remember those firsts because they weren't so special, but it's, uh, we're all connected and, you know, even, even the fans. And I say this all the time, I wish they knew how connected they really are to what we do. We found that out during this pandemic when yeah. we couldn't have fans. They are imperative to everything we do. They provide our adrenaline. They provide our energy. They provide our, you know, all the positive things that we bring through that curtain. It's because of those fans 
raising holy hell on the other side of it. And it's a, they're critical to what we do. What would your family do with an extra $108,000? That's a problem that our listener Jacob out in Colorado has now. Thanks to SaveWithConrad.com. He recently saved money with us over at SaveWithConrad.com. gave us a five-star review and wrote this. Our previous mortgage company made each step of the process difficult, but Jimmy took it in stride and made it happen. He was able to lock us in at one and a half percent less than we were at and saved us $108,000 over the life of the loan. Guys, that's unbelievable. Jacob saved more than 108 grand, but how much can you save? It's free to find out right now. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And oh, by the way, did we mention no house payments for two months? And we're licensed in more than 40 states. So what are you waiting for? Start saving money today at savewithconrad.com. Let's talk about another talent that we haven't talked about yet, but somebody you were definitely familiar with. Uh, you and Matt pick up a win over Brett Sawyer and Brad Armstrong on April 23rd in Huntington, West Virginia. And based on my research, I don't think you had had a match with Brad Armstrong. Obviously you're familiar with him from the Pensacola territory. Is this the first time you remember wrestling Brad? No, you got to remember, go back. It was when I was booked on TV in the very beginning and I wrestled Bob and Brad Mm. on Atlanta TV. That's what got me the first three weeks in Pensacola. I I thought it was another Armstrong. I didn't remember that it was Brad. No, it was Brad and Brad. It's funny. He told me, he said, Hey, you've come a long way here in a short time. (laughs) Last time time I worked with you, I said, yeah, I have been so, so fortunate. And, uh, God, again, that was just another situation where you just saw how good he was. Who was his partner that night? Brett Sawyer. If I was a betting man, I would say that would have been a really fun, good match for everybody, I would think. So that's Huntington, West Virginia on April 23rd. The next day, you're in Columbus, Ohio, beating Brian Blair and Joe Lightfoot. The following day, you're in Cleveland, Ohio, beating Brett Wayne and Brian Blair. Five days after that, you're back in Chattanooga, picking up a win over Brian Blair and Tito Santana. Then back for TV on uh, the very same day. Uh, so I guess that was, uh, the evening show, but you do TV that morning, uh, Joe Lightfoot and Zane Smith, Zane Smith's not a name I've ever heard in my whole life. No, we'd have to research Zane. I don't, I don't recall that, but, but get- you had, you had a lot of those guys that came down and did TV first time Marty Lundy, you know, was on TV. He went, who the hell is that? Sure. Never heard of that guy for sure. Uh, May 1st, though, another big day for you. You're back in the Omni, this time picking up a win over Brian Blair and Tito Santana, sort of a rematch from the last time. Uh, and then we're back on the road, man, this time in Beckley, West Virginia, again against Blair and Santana. You, you have yet to lose. Uh, Akron, Ohio, a couple of days after that, on May the 4th, uh, you get a win again over Blair and Santana. Uh, then we do the same thing in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, and we keep the, the, the song going as we make our way to Cincinnati, Ohio. And then finally, when we get to uh, Huntington, West Virginia, it's Brian Blair and Joe Lightfoot again, as you're going through now, I guess maybe a month into Georgia championship wrestling, you've yet to lose. You're definitely a tag team wrestler. All of your matches have been, uh, with, with Matt Bourne. 
are you seeing that you're getting a rhythm? Do you feel like you're getting better? Uh, or, or is it still a feeling out process? I do feel like I'm getting better because all those names that we got to work with were all better than me. They were all more experienced than me. And I was learning from every one of them. The difference is I wasn't learning from a situation where I was in the first match and getting beat. We were the guys that that were getting pushed. And as you can see, there's a groundswell of momentum. They're putting us over everywhere. We're heading towards those new tag titles. And that's, that would have been the equivalent to the WWF tag titles, the NWA world tag titles, every top tag title situation in every territory. That's what these were going to be. These are going to be their top team. And, uh, we were getting closer and closer and, you know, they were, you know, Paul is, you know, helping me. And, and, uh, I hadn't sensed yet the animosity coming from Matt. Uh, it's, it's soon to come, but I, ha- I hadn't sensed any of that. And there's a, probably a pretty good reason for it. When we get there, tell me about the finishes of these matches. Like when you guys are winning, how are you winning more often than not? Um, I had brought spine bar spine buster with me. I had created it by this time. Um, we were using that as a setup for Matt to come off the top with what he called the bombs away where he, you jump off and you literally land on a guy's chest from the top rope with your butt. And it was something that his uh, dad had used, Tony Bourne, prior to him. So it's a good-looking finish. That's what we're used every night. Teamwork. I like it. Uh, you're going to have a uh, event in Augusta, Georgia, where you beat Joe Lightfoot and Ray Candy. And then something crazy happens. May 11th, 1983, it had to happen. Jerry Oates and Tommy Rich beat you guys, but it's by DQ. But still, it's your first loss, and uh, this is the first time I've seen you on the other side of uh, Tommy Rich in a while. Uh, I know you uh, brushed up against him before. Hendersonville's own. Uh, what about Tommy Rich here in uh, 1984? Well, Tommy was a top babyface. 83, my time. apologies. Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, him and Buzz had had some, some infamous wars. Oh, yeah. And Tommy Rich was a, people loved him. Girls loved him. Grandmas loved him. The guys believed in him because he was a hell of a hand and he was a hell of a worker. And he would fight you back for as long as you guys wanted to go. Uh, and he was very accomplished worker. So by that being a DQ, it's like nobody got pinned and nobody got hurt. And you still got the baby faces Duke raised. But uh, that would have been one of those situations where they were kind of keeping our momentum going, uh, but without having to beat Tommy. And you just didn't beat your baby faces in those days unless there was a reason. The last battle of Atlanta, that bloodbath you mentioned a minute ago with Buzz Sawyer and Tommy Rich, is going to happen later this year, October 23rd, 93. But they'd been feuding for a few years at this point. And let's not forget, Tommy Rich was a NWA World's Champion back in 81. So. Over like Rover is an understatement. Let's talk about something you're more familiar with. Uh, the TV taping where you wrestle Pat Rose 
Pat Rose, an old schooler from way back, still lives in Chattanooga, I believe, and does a fishing show. So if you're into fishing, probably flip around the dial there and you'll find something on the radio with Pat Rose talking about his favorite pastime. Teaming up with Mike Starbuck. You got any good Pat Rose stories you can share? Well, Pat was one of my first matches that Ted got me booked with in Boaz or Albertville or wherever it was. And uh, Pat took the liberty to cut me my first time, which uh, once that happened, I was fine with it till it actually happened. I didn't like that feeling of not being in control. So that never happened again. Uh, But Pat was a very, very good wrestler. Very accomplished, um, more experienced than I was. And he actually came to, which we'll get to, uh, down the road to Pensacola. And we actually were roommates for a while. So we'll double back to that story. But Pat was a veteran by that point. May 14th, uh, you're teaming up uh, again with Matt Bourne to beat Mike Jackson and Terry Ellis. Action Jackson, Mike Jackson, still walking the ropes all these years later. This was a TV match, uh, in the old TBS studios, but chat me up. What can you tell us about Mike Jackson? Um, uh, credible 70 and he's still drop kicking and working and leapfrogging and selling. I saw him work not too long ago. It's just, it's one of those rare situations that come along just every now and then. And it's not like he's out there just working a match on his feet. He takes bumps. He's got offense. He's uh, one of those rare phenomenons. On uh, May 15th, it finally happens. Ray candy and Tommy rich beat you guys. And it's not a DQ it's at the Omni. And finally destruction incorporated takes a loss. Do you remember your first loss in Georgia? Well, we were still, you know, we got beat that match. You're losing to Tommy Rich, you know, Ray Candy is not a, not a crime because no. we were still on the trajectory to be tag champions coming up that, that hadn't changed. That story was still in place and, you know, a little bump along the way with those guys. It's no big deal. Doesn't hurt you. The next day you're getting a new opponent, Paul Orndorff. Uh, he's going to be teaming with Tommy Rich. You guys get the win. It's by DQ. And it's a long match. It goes 15 minutes at the uh, civic center there in Canton, Ohio, Orndorff, man. He is just, uh, not too far away from being on top of the world, working with Hulk Hogan for Vince McMahon, but you worked him here in May of uh, 83. What do you remember about him? Well, uh, you know, he looked incredible. He looked as good as anybody. Paul was, you know, carried himself like a superstar, a handsome guy, credible body, credible work rate. And after we worked with those guys, I saw him in uh, uh, the gym not too too long, a day or two after that, you know, and he said, talk to you for a minute, you know. Th- first of all, I enjoyed working with you the other night. And uh, he said, I'm going to give you some advice if you don't mind. He said, I see you're always in the gym, you, you know. He said, if you learn how to work, you keep your body right, and you learn how to talk, they will never, ever be able to deny you having a top spot in this business if you take care of those three things. I never forgot that advice. It's the best advice anybody ever gave me. And uh, it wasn't too soon. He, you know, he was on his way out. Uh, by then, he was heading to WWF. 
where he would have an incredible career. Let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, another opponent that I want to bring up pistol Pez Watley. I guess I should mention briefly, you make spots through, uh, or shows through grand rapids wheeling, uh, and then Cincinnati, Ohio is where I want to talk about may 28th. Uh, Pez is going to be teaming with Ray candy to take on you and uh, Matt Bourne. Uh, the good guys, Pez and Ray get the uh, win by DQ. Chat me up about Pez Watley. Just went in the Hall of Fame, unfortunately no longer with us. But as Tony Schiavone and I have been revisiting 1986, man, that guy was just oozing charisma. He was so fun to watch. What do you remember about him as an opponent? Well, yeah, and if, if you go his nickname, Pistol Pez Watley, man, he was a shooter. He was an incredible amateur wrestler on top of that. And pretty tough guy, too what I could gather. I didn't see anybody mess with him. Let me put it to you that way, but you're right. He had a lot of charisma, uh, quality work, good guy, just, uh, easy to be around and, and, uh, very accomplished worker. Very good. The, uh, the other opponent that, that comes across the results list here that, uh, we've never talked about is Bob Roop. And this is sort of random. All your matches so far in Georgia championship wrestling have been you and Matt Bourne. Uh, but on April 6th, or I'm sorry, June 4th, you're going to be in Augusta, Georgia. It's Pez and Ray candy on one side, you and Bob Roop on the other. Is this when everything changed with Matt Bourne? Just like that. That feels like to me, and I know Ole and, and Bob Roop were friends and only respected him. Uh, that feels like Matt has been let go. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I know that, uh, there's a lot of controversy surrounding his departure. Uh, I guess it's not that all that uncommon, uh, when, when you talk about a guy who is polarizing his Matt, but he is, uh, seemingly going to be finishing up best. I can tell your last match with him was on June 1st, 1983 in Toledo, Ohio. And you guys get a win over Pez and Ray candy, but just three days later, you have a new tag team partner. And, uh, the, the day after that you're in the Omni wrestling as a singles and you're going to be in singles for a while here. You will occasionally have a hodgepodge tag team partner, but this feels like since you sort of teased the road warrior thing at the top of the show, the road warriors are in the next month. So this has got to be when sort of the, for lack of a better word, the heat came down on Matt Bourne. Fair to say? Well, there was a process with Matt, and we let's go back and, and capture this. Number one, uh, Matt, the more settled in he got with the company, the more of an asshole Matt became. Okay. And the best fist fight that there's probably ever been in the history of the business was Brian Blair and Matt Bourne. I think it was Charleston, West Virginia in the hotel bar. And I was a witness along with Ivan Koloff and I think Flair and most of the boys were there. And it started over Matt accusing Brian hitting on the girl that Matt was trying to hit on, which was probably all bullshit. But it started out in the bar and it was a hell of a fight. It got broke up. 
it spilled out into the lobby and it started up again. And I'm talking about, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in a fist fight, Conrad, yeah. but 90 seconds is a long time. Yes. It got broke up again and it went out the front sliding doors into the parking lot and they started up again. And Matt went in to started to put his thumb into Blair's eye and Ivan Kolov kicked his hand out of his eye, kicked it away. If that makes any sense where he couldn't, couldn't pull his eye out. Uh, no eyes, no eyes. Now at this point, we're at about the 12, 14 minute mark of a start stop three time, three tiered fight. That's a, it's unfathomable if you've ever been into a, a real fight. Right. So all of a sudden they go head to head, almost no to nose. And, and Brian Blair bit a big chunk out of Matt Bourne's lip about yay wide and all the way through and spit it out, which stopped the fight. I mean, it looked like a, a friggin' alligator bit him or something. Got it broke up. It's one of the damnedest fights you ever had, but it immediately split the locker room. When you have a fight like that, it's like guys immediately start taking sides and it's not a good, it's not a good thing. It's never been a good thing. I hate it. So that was the first real, real iceberg that Matt hit. We get a little further. Matt goes into the bar, the hotel bar, Paul Ellering and I were in the room and we always, all three of us healed a room, uh, save some money. And, uh, I'm laying in the bed asleep and all of a sudden it's dark in the room. I can feel the bed like sloshing back and forth. And I reach over and cut on the light and Matt is standing on the bed naked going, Something along the lines of you punk, punk, you didn't deserve this fucking spot. No way should you be my partner. And I wish I could piss on you. Now, Paul Ellering is in the room. I may have the verbiage a little bit off, but I got the fact that he's trying to piss on me. Yeah. So we get in a fight, which I'll just not be trying to be sound tough. Well, I'm the last thing from being tough, but I ended up. On top of Matt with him face down, two handfuls of that hair banging his head off the floor. Matt quit. So I hated having to do it, but during this whole fight, it's got pretty loud in the room. There's the Biscos down there by then. Apparently he had already known Matt was a prick. So I let him up. He had had enough. Larry said, Arn, grab your bag. You come down. I got two beds in my room. So I went down, stayed with him. The next day I called our room. I says, it's safe to come down there. Matt, Matt acted like it never happened. So this is telling me the drugs and the alcohols got him for him not to remember that or think that was somehow. Okay. I don't know, but these things all led up to the situation with the girl yeah. Him getting him getting fired. It's just I was trying to give you like a timeline of what I saw things falling apart. Um 
Brian Blair, of course, was an opponent, a regular opponent of you guys. I mean, his next to last match, uh, for the, for the company teaming with you at least was with Brett Wayne and Brian Blair on the other side. So I guess it all settled down and cooler heads prevailed and, and they were able to work together again. Yeah. It was one of those things where you had to, you were booked and, uh, you know, if it became something that now spilled over into your business, somebody would have probably like got let go there. Yeah. You know, but you know, the boys, the boys have gotten in tussles over the, you know, the, the hotel didn't complain. The cops didn't come. If any of that would have happened, it would have been a different story, but it's, it stayed self-contained amongst the guys. So they were able to finish out their bookings. Since you sort of, uh, said the girl, I guess we should address it. Uh, Matt Bourne ultimately runs a foul with the law where, um, allegedly he had, uh, a girlfriend who was not of legal age, shall we say. And, uh, that spelled the end of him here for Georgia championship wrestling. Do you remember how you get the news that, okay, he's out and here's what we're doing for you. Tell us how that conversation goes. Well, it was just shits because we get back to Atlanta and Ole calls her in and he goes, Hey, you know, asshole Matt really fucked you. That's what he said. He said, uh, I had the, the tag slot for you, but that doesn't work now. I'm going to have to make some, uh, changes. I can still use you. I'm probably going to have to turn you baby face. Uh, but that spot is gone. So what am I going to say? Yeah. You know, again, now I'm living at home. I'm living at my granny's. I'm actually able to help her out quite a bit with, with all of her expenses and get her, you know, get her some money in the bank and stuff like that. So I was, I was going to ride that out until the very, I should have right then said, let me see about getting booked somewhere else. But why do you say that? Why do you say that? Well, because for my career, it would have been the best thing right then. Uh, turning me baby face was a mistake because it was just going to be to run around to all the towns and just put the road warriors over. And they had brought Rick rude in. He was their partner for, for a minute. Uh, they had Joe Lightfoot, myself, Barry Darso demolition, uh, as man mountain Darso. We worked around some, some, uh, six mans for about a 10 day loop. And it was basically just to get those other guys over. I should have never been turned baby face. I should have just took off right then. When the, when our team shattered, we should have just, when Matt got gone, I should have just fell off the planet and went somewhere else. Looking back in retrospect, but I got every day of it. I was able to spend that time downtime with my grandmother, which worked out fine. Uh, and I went ahead and just rode the wave and, you know, for another month or whatever it was. So really in hindsight, you only tagged with Matt for what? Two months. Yeah, probably. You lost one match undefeated otherwise, with the exception of a DQ, but a clean loss once, as we said, to Tommy rich and the Omni, no shame there. And then saw one of the damnedest fights you ever saw and nearly got pissed on and participated in a fight yourself. I don't mean to, uh, speak ill of the dead. I think we're trying to do a service here. Matt was troubled. Was he not? 
Well, he was such a good worker. Yeah. I mean, I saw that with, with Watts, him and Teddy made an incredible team. And then I watched him in our matches and he was a credible worker, but let's face it, Matt, you know, had a drug problem and he had an alcohol problem and, uh, you know, Matt was just getting reckless. You know, at the time he wasn't married. Uh, he had a girlfriend, I think, but back in Portland, but he wasn't married, no kids that I know of. And he just, he used the business as a playground. You know, I look back on it, you know, all the, you know, going out every single night and drinking to excess and drugs to excess and the whole thing. I was still trying to learn the business and I'm not trying to come across as a goody two shoes. You know, I drank my, my share of cocktails too, but it never superseded what I was trying to do and to become a integral part of the industry. I was trying to up my worth, up my game and excel at this. And, uh, we just had two different agendas and Matt, was on a self-destruction course when I look back at it from day one. So your last tag match here before you get split apart and you're definitely working singles is uh, you and Bob Roop, a name that, uh, some of our younger fans may not remember. Chat us up about Bob Roop. When Sheik finally found out that Bob was close with Oli and was like kind of the assistant booker. Sheik was always trying to, to get in with Ole for whatever reason. He, I hear him in there one day, or Mr. Root, Bob, Bob Root, based on your friends with Ole Anderson. Well, yeah, Sheik, I'm, I'm friends. You are sister to Burker. Yes. Does he know I am former Olympic champion? Stretch everyone. I stretch you, Mr. Roop. Now, Bob Roop was a shooter, right? Right. He's a big amateur. You know, do I have to stretch Oli to let him know that I should be his champion? I'm sitting here listening to this. Now, Roop is doing all he can do to keep from busting out laughing. I'm laughing over in the corner. Sheik is dead serious. He's trying to force Bob Roop to get Oli to make him the champion. Just another famous Cosro story, not so much about Bob Root, but just being a victim of the Sheik and one of his awesome tirades. They, uh, they keep you on uh, Georgia championship wrestling though. Of course, you're going to work the national, uh, heavyweight championship tournament in the first round. You pick up a win over Mark Hill and the second round, Mr. Wrestling two beats you. And then believe it or not, you make some shots for Bill Watts. You go back home to the Irish, uh, McNeil's boys club and have a TV taping where Mr. Wrestling two is going to pick up a win over you and Magnum TA. Is this one of your first times wrestling Magnum here? Yeah, it was the first time. what did you think your first time working Magnum would have been June 22nd, 1983. What a look, what a look, very intense athletic. I knew he was going to go somewhere for sure. So how does the, uh, the, the transition happen where now you're not just a Georgia guy for the last two months, you've been primarily with, with Ole and, and just working the Georgia territory. 
but now you're going to make some shots for Bill Watts again. Obviously they had a, a good relationship, but how is that communicated to you? Hey, we need you in so-and-so town. Well, yeah, he said, you know, I, I don't have room for you on the tour, but I can get you some bookings. And I was all about making the money. You know, I had to make the money in those days. It was not unusual to, uh, to get sent back to a place that you had been, you know, once you were in a different position and I went back, I left Marty Lundy and came back mysteriously as Arn Anderson, not too long after that. But <laughs> Bill Watts actually explained it on one of his broadcasts. I saw a clip of it the other day with, yeah, he's uh, Sergeant Anderson's really improving. You know, he, he was wrestling under an assumed name, Marty Lundy. You know, Ole want, didn't want him to be discovered until he was ready. And he wow. had an old explanation that actually made sense when wow. you heard it. Well, while you're here, you're going to do some, uh, some jobs for Steve Williams, uh, even in a tag team effort, he'll have Joe Stark on one side. You'll be teaming with Ralph Williams. Uh, but mostly it's uh, Dr. Death, Mr. Wrestling two and Magnum. But when you come back to wrestle for Georgia championship wrestling, it's Columbus, Ohio, and you're teaming with man mountain Darso, who's going to go on to be one of your great close personal friends, Barry Darso. We know him as demolition smash. And of course, Ole Anderson. So quite a six man tag across from you, killer Brooks and the road warriors. This is, uh. I wish we could go back and watch tape of this, but I don't think it was recorded. It's a live event. Tell me about this. You're in the road. You're in the ring with the road warriors. You're tagging with Ole Anderson and what's going to become one of your very best friends. Yeah. Well, Barry was very green. You know, I was still pretty green. Ole was the boss. So, I mean, it, it was one of those matches that apparently they had turned me baby face or were in the process of turning me baby face. Uh, just looking at that lineup, I know Killer Brooks was was kind of the odd man out. I don't know if you ever had the opportunity to meet him. I didn't. What a character. Wild, wild, wild man. Uh, lots of fun. Fun in the locker room. But uh, Barry knew those guys from Minnesota. He had uh, worked at the gym that they all worked out in, and they bounced together, I think, him and Animal or Mike at, at a couple of the bars around there. So he was familiar with them. I would suggest they weren't Matt classics. And I would suggest looking at all the, uh, participants. I did all the selling can almost guarantee you that and probably did the job. It's your weekly reminder to make sure that you are taking advantage of all things Conrad over at adfreeshows.com. The content library is phenomenal with so many options that cater to you, the wrestling fan. Whether you enjoy hearing your favorite podcasts ad-free or watching them on your smart device, maybe you're interested in MMA or just enjoy the wrestling nostalgia. I guarantee there is something for you. The interactive experiences alone are worth every penny. From Nick Aldis and Thunder Rosa to legends like Nikita Koloff, Arn Anderson, and Jim Ross, they have all been a part of our live interactive events where you get to talk to them and ask the questions that are on your mind. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to adfreeshows.com and choose the right tier for you. So much value and a wide selection that is free as well. That's right. Free content you can start enjoying today. So do it now. Go to adfreeshows.com 
and sign up today and join the fastest growing wrestling community. Again, it's adfreeshows.com. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, and boy, this is going to be fun. Ole Anderson as a tag partner. We know you're going to go on and have great success with Ole as a, as a just regular two man tag, but as a six man, are you nervous, anxious, excited? I mean, you're in the ring with Ole. He's no longer on TV. He's no longer just your boss backstage, man. You're in the ring with him and he's your teammate. This is kind of cool, huh? I was in awe. I got to see for the first time up close what I had seen as a kid and truly believed that this guy's an ass kicker. And even, you know, during his scuffles with, you know, he's not going to get much on the road warriors and Brooks wasn't a bumper, but he would have been smart enough to bump around for Ole, I think, because he was the boss and he was writing the checks. So that's probably how that went. But, uh, you know, you just got to, when you see guys like Ronnie Garvin and Ole and, Wahoo and, and just, you know, flair when he was, you know, ass kicking flair other than so much entertaining flair, when he really wanted to beat a baby face up, you felt it. Yeah. When you're standing on the apron, you know, Conrad as a fan, you feel it when something extra is going on. Sure. And that's what I felt. And, uh, Ole was just, it became real to me. I had, I wish that would have had an inkling or a premonition of what was to come another year and a half down the road. But for that time, it was a learning process for sure. The six man battles continue. Uh, you're going to be teaming with, uh, Brett Wayne and man mountain Darso. Did you and Barry just hit it off right away? Yeah. Yeah. Barry and I got a, got along day one, still a good friend today. Before you know it, you're back in Canton, Ohio. Now it's a regular tag match. You and Ole against the Road Warriors. Uh, scale of one to ten, how rough was working with the Road Warriors when they were green? Mm, probably an eight. Yeah. So, somewhere in there. Everything was solid. Everything Georgia. They never dropped me on my head. They never knocked out my teeth or they never hit me in the nuts. And that's the only three no, no's <laughs> that I really had. Yeah. Getting hit in the nuts is no fun. No. Uh, you're going to bounce around a little bit as a tag team wrestler. Uh, we mentioned earlier, Brett Sawyer, he's going to be teaming with you a little bit. You'll even uh, team with, and how about this for a one-off? I don't know that you maybe even remember this. Maybe you do, but it's at the Omni across from you is Carl Fergie. And, uh, he's going to be teaming, uh, that's an Oklahoma boy. And he's going to be teaming with Norman Frederick, Charles, the third, uh, from the United kingdom and your tag team partner here in the Omni. Do you remember? No, a fellow named Ricky rude. How about Rick that? Rude. Rick, Rick rude, rude at the Omni down. tag team partner with Arn. little preview for, uh, the dangerous Alliance all the way back here in Georgia championship wrestling. I think that's something. July 17th, 1983. And, uh, we've only got a handful of Georgia events left. You'll do one more tag match with the road warriors this time teaming with David Jones, and then you'll get wins over Tony Zane twice, once in Chattanooga, once in Columbus. You'll also pick up a win over Joe Lightfoot and that will bring your Georgia run to a close. Of course, you're going to come back in and make more spots, but it's time to venture into another territory. So your last spot here is the Omni where you beat Joe Lightfoot. It's August 28th, but fast forward 
and Southeastern championship wrestling is the new thing. And, uh, before you know it, you're going to be teaming with Jerry Stubbs. And that's what we're going to be talking about next week. Southeast championship wrestling, or actually it'll be two weeks from now. Uh, we're going to do an ask on anything next week. Take your questions about Georgia championship wrestling. If you've got questions about Matt Bourne, Paul Ellering, destruction incorporated, Ole Anderson, the way the payoffs work and really somebody we didn't even talk about because I don't believe Ole was the, the only guy sort of running the show there in Georgia. There's another fellow we didn't discuss at all that maybe we'll get into next week. And, uh, my boy, you may have a story or two, right? Yeah, at least one. <laughs> of course, we're talking about Jim Barnett, probably, uh, who doesn't get his just due. I don't know why. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I just did it myself. Everybody does a Barnett impression. Nobody really talks about Barnett's impact, but boy, he had quite the story to tell. And we're going to do our best to talk about his interactions with Arn in Georgia and, uh, everything else that happened in Georgia championship wrestling. And then in two weeks, Southeastern championship wrestling. Now you're getting to my neck of the woods, dude. Yep. Well, I can't wait, my friend. Cannot wait. It's uh, a huge part of my life coming up from the Pensacola territory. I mean, pretty much life changing. Uh, if you've got a question that you want to ask about all things, Georgia, whether it's Paul Ellering, Matt Bourne, uh, or anybody involved, Ole Barnett, anybody along the way, Brian Blair in that fight, uh, we want to hear from you. Ask a question right now over at the Arn show, probably get some road warrior questions too, if I had to guess. And we'll be back in two weeks for all things Southeast championship wrestling. Don't forget, leave us a five-star review. If you think we've earned it and tell your friends about your new favorite podcast. It's Arn with a fresh, as, as Bruce likes to say, a fresh paint of coat. You know, what we're talking <laughs> about, we're taking it back to the beginning, baby. It's Arn. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you know how much Arn loves his family. Specifically, how much he loves his wife. Arn is really a rare bird in professional wrestling when you think about it. And the first time I hung out with Arn, he said, You know, I'm different. And I thought, Well, where's this going? And he said, For over 30 years, same business, same house, same wife. That's pretty rare, man. It's almost fair to say that Arn's in the love business. Now, don't tell him I said that. And you know what? We love talking about our friend, Steven Singer. You know, the competition really hates him. He makes the experience of buying a diamond better and better, and he makes it fun. Steven is the very first to offer each and every guest the perfect price. That's right. Have you ever wondered if you're getting the best price? Are you uncomfortable negotiating? Head to Steven Singer Jewelers, and you're guaranteed to get the perfect price. You'll never pay more than the person next to you. And here's a little insider tip. Most jewelers mark their merchandise way up just to mark it down to make you feel like you're getting a deal. Yeah. Those jewelers are practicing kayfabe. The person next to you may be paying less. Do you want an important purchase like diamond jewelry to be based on your negotiating skills? Come on, man. That's not the case at Steven singer because at Steven singer jewelers, you're guaranteed to get the perfect price all day, every day, 365 days a year. And that's why we trust Steven singer. He makes the experience of buying a diamond so easy. So check out Steven Singer Jewelers at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philadelphia or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Remember back in the day they used to say diamonds are forever? Well, let's adjust that. IHateStevenSinger.com is forever. 
And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. Save with Conrad.com makes saving money fast and easy. Just ask Lindsay in Wisconsin. He left us a five-star review and said, super easy refi, probably easier than when we did this four years ago with a local credit union. Find out how easy it is right now yourself at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And oh yeah, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. at savewithconrad.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.